The game is never over till the end. He's in! Whenever that clock strikes zero. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. There is no offseason. Nuke with the TD catch! For your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Starting 0-3 and winning the division, it's a monumental achievement. And now we have to build on it. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Watt trips him up for a sack. Oh, my goodness. Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. Welcome into Texans All Access. Happy Legal Tampering Day. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu. Joining me today, John Harris. We are inside the Hyundai Texans radio studio on a very, very busy Monday evening. Johnny, how's it going today? Have you been able to peel your eyes away from Twitter? No, not really. I mean, that's just kind of the, the way it is at this point of the year. You can't, can't really do that. A couple of things right off the bat. Number one, nobody is signed. It's tampering. You can agree to a deal. You haven't signed anything. Let's be very clear about that. Nothing is signed. We're just we're just discussing right. and browsing. I well, like to call that it the-, the NFL is not just not just you and I. It's everybody. So anybody says, "Oh, such and such is signed." Somebody is going to sign. Somebody is signing. Somebody's but expected they have, to sign. Right, right exactly. expected to sign. So agreed to terms. This little technicality I've been listening to all day, and I'm like, no, yeah, they haven't signed yet. That hasn't happened. That can happen on Wednesday at three o'clock our time. That's when the new league year begins. And there will be a lot of machinations between now and then. This is just the start of the tampering period. So, as you said, what do you call it, a pre-sale? It's like the pre-sale to the sale where you could go in <laughs> and you like can look pre-sale. at all the stuff. Yeah. You can put stuff aside, but the prices are not valid until the sale opens. Sometimes you get to yeah. do that yeah, at I, some places. So this is the pre-sale, which is also very Not some of the places exciting. I go to. Some places you go to. <laughs> some places I go to. It's just like, what's on the clearance rack? That's where I'm, that's where I'm yeah, going. That would be later I'm going, on. I'm that going to the clearance on. rack. I'm going to go find the Nico Autry <laughs> on my clearance rack. And that's one of the things about free agency. That's why I don't like clearance racks, Johnny, because all the good stuff's gone by the time you get to the clearance rack. You've got to spend a lot of time digging through some stuff. But you might find. You might. You might find like a $5 pair of jeans that you wear all the time. I'm not saying I've done that, but I've done that. <laughs> and when you do that, you find a guy like Danico Autry. It's so funny to me because people talk about, oh, free agency, free agency. And they and you look around. It's like, well, you got all this, you got all this money. Just let, just, just burn it. Just I must spend it. Spend the money. Like, Wait a second. Like, first of all, ha- have y'all ever had money in your pocket at some point? Any any money in your pocket? And you look and you got two hundred bucks in your pocket. Well, just go buy the leather jacket. It's one hundred ninety nine bucks. <laughs> just go buy the leather jacket just because you have the money. But Johnny, it's, it's, the way it's it, more it's fun because it it's not our money. When it's when it's these NFL teams, you think, oh my yeah, gosh, a hundred and one million dollars, Colts, you've got so much money. I mean, I think it's well, that's what it is. It's not your money, so you just want them to spend it. Here's another thing to keep in mind too, and and I think te- I think I think this is forgotten for leagues with salary caps, is that just because a team has the cap space doesn't mean they have the cash. I know that sounds bizarre. That's a really good point, actually. But it doesn't mean that they've got all the cap now. Texans wise, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not talking about the Texans. I mean, the other day I saw what was a pro football talk that said five five owners in the NFL were five of the richest in the world or whatever it was, and I think the McNair family was one of those five. I think. So I'm not speaking from the Texans, but I do know there are teams in this league that do not have the cash to match the cap space. Mm-hmm. So even though they have the cap space. They may not have the cash. Now, there are some that might have oodles of cash, but they've eaten up all their cap space. So 
that's that gets kind of tricky. And when you do make a deal in the NFL, you've got to take whatever guaranteed money you've promised that player, and you've got to put that aside. You've got to put that in escrow. So whatever you've guaranteed Nick Foles in Jacksonville, now Shot's got some cash. I'm worried about Shot's got money. Don't worry about that. I mean, that mustache is all fine and good, but he's got cash. <laughs> but you got to put that over an escrow. So there are some teams that have the cap space that are not going to have the cash to just just dole it out. Like you know, they're at a you just know, like raining bills establishment. Obviously. Yeah. So just keep that keep that in mind as you go through this whole cap space situation. The other aspect of it is DP with free agency is that the I hear this all the time, and sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know that that's absolutely true. They say, oh, well, that guy got an offer. That sets the market. To me, if one team goes out and says, you know, hey, Landon Collins, you're worth $14 million a year. It doesn't mean that 30 other teams thought the same thing. It means that one team thought that he was worth it to them, but it doesn't mean that as a whole throughout the NFL that they, that, that particular player that was thought of That every team's going to spend way. that same amount Absolutely. of money. No, I, I 100% Absolutely. agree with you. And it, it could happen if other teams are trying to determine what the fair market value of a player is. If there are other teams, it's supply and demand. If other teams uh, want no the doubt. same player, then, yeah, that will drive the price up if Landon Collins' deal is set. But I get what you're saying. I do, we, we will talk about the Landon Collins deal because now with all these safeties yes. that are floating around the market, how does that impact guys like Tyron Matthew and Kareem Jackson – I want to get your thoughts on that. But first, I know we talked about free agency and everything is not official, but a few transactions did go down today inside this building that are official. So let's start off with those in our hot reads. The Texans re-signed a few players ahead of free agency. They re-signed the following three, Angela Blackson, DeAndre Carter, and Joel Heath. They just made that official just a little while ago. And then they extended qualifying offers to the following three players, Brandon Dunn, Kaimi Fairbairn, and Brennan Scarlett. So... You are able to work out deals with your own players before they head out into free agency. So some good depth fabric guys, I guess you could say, aside from Kaimi, he's your kicker, obviously. But guys like Angela Blackson did a lot of things, yeah. uh, you know, in lieu of injury for the last two years. I think they, re- I think everybody really liked what Blackson did when he was on the field. Absolutely. And then DeAndre Carter, for a guy that joined this squad mm-hmm. midway through the season— Everything he was able to do, you know, he had some nice depth to the, that wide receiver group. Well, one of the things that I've talked about a lot, DP, over the last how many ever weeks, just stepping back and looking at, oh, my gosh, they have three defensive line free agents now. One of them was Brandon Dunn, who's a restricted free agent. So he gets a qualifying offer. So qualifying offer doesn't exactly mean that um, it's that he's a lock to be a Texan, but – yeah, he the Texans have right of first refusal. So if a team says, "Hey, Brandon, we're going to pay you," I don't know, three years, eighteen million dollars, or whatever the case might be, the Texans have the opportunity to match that. If they don't, then the Texans are able to get whatever the qualifying tender. We don't know what that is exactly, but most cases, that player ends up coming back, and that's kind of what we're hoping with 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 Dunny. If you bring Brandon Dunn back, and then you've re-signed Angelo Blackson now, and and you re-signed Joel Heath. Those are three key interior guys that have really shown a lot of progress. So that leaves Christian Covington at that point. Now, if Cub doesn't come back, then that's one open spot on the defensive line. I do think Carlos Watkins is ready to step into a role into his third year. I think it's time for him to do that. I, the more I've thought about this, I think one of those four first, second, second, third round picks, one of the four of the you know four of the eighty six or whatever it is, is going to be an interior guy. It's going to be an interior pass rusher. I should say pass rusher. But it's going to be a guy with some size that can get to the quarterback and do some things. Maybe add some versatility. I don't know. 
But I look at a guy like Colin Saunders from out of Western Western uh, Carolina. Uh, he's he's a phenomenal player. He's 324 pounds, but he can do a backflip. I mean, he's the kind of guy that I could see for us because he's got a lot of versatility and he would be a really good athlete on the inside. And at 324 pounds, he ran a 505 in the 40, which is flying at the combine. So he's the kind of guy I could see us looking at because of his athleticism as a pass rusher that you could put in between Watt and hopefully Clowney long-term, and you could put a guy like Saunders in there. Maybe he Saunders lines up next to a guy like Watkins, who was thought to be a really good interior pass rusher, and now your, your D-line is set. But at least you're bringing back Heath and, you, and hope to bring back Dunn, and you definitely are bringing back Angelo Blackson. That way you can, I think, go out and attack that defensive line from the perspective of finding a guy that could fit athletically that gives you some really good pass rush presence. When the outside guys are getting all the attention, the guy on the inside keeps winning, and that's what you got to have. Yeah, I think it's a good point because Carlos Watkins, he was inactive, a healthy scratch for a lot of games last yeah. year. So, you know, it seemed like they had a little bit of a surplus there. So we'll be good to see what he can do heading into the season if, if, that's his, if he steps into that role. Uh, also, we mentioned Landon Collins, the deal, and I think the big news, obviously, is what's going to happen with the safeties that are entering free agency yep. on Wednesday, Tyron Matthew and Kareem Jackson. Now, Tyron, there are reports that the Texans did offer Tyron, um, what, nine and a half? Yeah, million? on average, on average, nine and a half per year. Roughly. Of course, that's how that's how deals get kind of put out there, average per year, but it's not really, that's not how they're It's not official. Out. Those are according to reports, but yeah. they said that, you know, according to the reports that he wanted to test the market. Now, with the Landon Collins deal being in place, I, I kind I, I agree with what you're saying that just because Landon Collins gets paid that much by Washington doesn't necessarily mean that's that where Tyron all the and Kareem are going. And yeah. because you've got so many safeties that are in the pool Bingo. right now too, you've got right. Earl Thomas, and then the Vikings just uh, released another safety into the pool, Andrew Sandejo. So you've got all these other guys that you know you've got a lot of supply basically. So yeah, you a just team said doesn't it. a team doesn't have to overpay. If they you don't just want said to. it. It's it's the. It's, it's the law of supply <laughs> and demand. And for some reason last year, the teams didn't like the supply of safeties. They just didn't like them. They, there, was not, there was not this huge market. But now, you know, Landon Collins was out there. You know, Eric Weddle signed. And people say, well, wait a second. Well, how come he could sign with the Rams and do all that? Because he was released by Baltimore. If you were released by your team, then you become, in essence, an unrestricted free agent. You could sign at any time. But Landon Collins um, – his contract had not – he was not released by the Giants, so he's kind of going through this tampering period. So he will agree to a deal with the Washington Redskins. But you hit it. It's the it's supply and demand. I mean, here for the Texans, it's Kareem. It's Tyron. Uh, Anderson Dejo, the Vikings, is out there. Adrian Amos is apparently a free agent with the Chicago Bears, who I, who I think wouldn't be a, a bad fit here. He's got experience playing for OB. played for OB uh, at Penn State. I think he's a really underrated – type safety. Landon Collins obviously was was uh, a guy that's played three Pro Bowls before he was 25. So And a lot of a lot of people had I really thought the Texans were going to take Landon Collins when he came in the out. draft. In the draft. Yeah, I, I mean, too. he was available and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people had mocked him to us obviously that year yep. we took Kevin Johnson. So how different things would be right now if we'd gone that direction, but you, know, you, you nobody ever knows how these things are going to turn out. I did not expect Well, I, I mean, did you expect Landon Collins to to get a deal this, this no, sizable? Did you think he was going to be the highest paid safety on the market? I didn't think that he would get a deal this big because he's the kind of guy, the closer you get to the line of scrimmage, the better he is. But it's funny because I actually, before you came down here, I was watching the, the Bears-Giants game and just watching 
all the different things that he did for the Giants defense. And you realize, you know what, sometimes with versatility and playmaking skills, I mean, he was able to make plays in that game. It's like, wow, okay. I, I mean, I get it, but the other side of this is when you go to a different team in free agency, and, and this is all this is my Namdi Asamoah rule. I don't know if you remember him. Back yes, in 2011, Namdi Asamoah was the player that everybody, everybody said the Texans him. had to have. Yes. The Texans had to have Namdi Asamoah. I may or may not have been on that train as well just right. because everybody else was. But yes. it didn't work out, and Namdi ended up taking a lot of money to go to Philly. Well, in Oakland, he played a lot of press man, and that's what he did. He played a lot of that, and he ran. He did that very, very well. We went to Philly. It was a totally different scheme. It didn't really suit Nomdi. So we're like, whoa, where are all the plays? We're paying you all this money. What's going on? Well, he was going to a totally different system. He actually would have been better probably coming here to Houston because I think the system that Wade was going to run was going to be better for him. But with that money, the Texans did what? They got Jonathan, Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph. What's that even better? What else did they get? They also got Daniel Manning. Daniel Manning. So with the money they could have paid Nobby, they went out and got two players for the price of one, and that worked out very, very well for the Texans. So my hope is, you know, with money that, you know, like you think about the Trent Brown deal. Oh, they, you know, look at how much Trent Brown got. Well, with that money, just like last year with Nate Solder, because they didn't pay Nate Solder that money, what were they able to do? They were able to go get the Honey Badger when he was released a little later in the process. So they were able to go get Tyron Matthew at that point. They had money available because they didn't sink it all in Nate Solder. They had money available to go buy intelligently. And I thought that was smart last year with the way they were able to do that. So hopefully that's what happens here. And I've seen people tweet, well, what are the Texans doing? They haven't done anything. Come on, man. Give me a break. First of all, we're in the first day of tampering. It's, it's we're, we're Every still single corner that is still out there is still on the market. And the only tackle that anybody gave a bleep about – was going to take a massive deal to go back out to Oakland. I mean, who's going to pay Trent Brown after one year of doing what he did that amount of money? The Oakland Raiders did. So from that perspective, and for the listen, I would love to have a veteran play left tackle going for like I get it, but if it's not Trent Brown, who's it going to be? You're just going to throw money at some guys coming off an ACL tear like Daryl Williams or a guy like Juwan James who's always been hurt in Miami just because he's a veteran. I'd rather trust some of these rookies to put a left tackle and let them go through their ups and downs, give them some help, and by the end of the season, you may end up having a great tackle that protects Deshaun Watson as opposed to one you're paying $17 million, you still don't know anything about. All right, so John, John, Har- John Harris is on a rant, up. and I love it, but I've got to take a break. Up. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Johnny if there is a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Texans sign because I know we've talked about some other position groups out there that you'd like to see the Texans fill some needs with. Who are those guys and what else is happening in the league? We'll get your thoughts on Nick Foles to the Jaguars. Is oh, it good? yeah. I is it bad? I, I wanna, what do let's you think? go on that one. We're going to go on that. And if you have any questions, tweet us, Jay Harris Football or at Deep Slant, and we'll try to get to as many questions as you can during this show. It's, it's legal tampering day, everybody. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back with Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. Don't leave home without it. Welcome back. You're definitely not going to want to leave home without the app these days because uh, free agency kicks off on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time, and it's the legal tampering period. Uh, John Harris joins me now on Texans All Access, and we're sort of getting into the news of the day. And, and Johnny, before we <laughs> – Johnny was in the middle of a rant before we had to take a break because – I've done – 
I, 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 I just let you go because I, there have been know, worse. The, the, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you're on a roll. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, but, you know, it. we're talking about free agents and, and guys out there are not overpaying and, you know, using your money wisely, I guess, spending your money wisely. But I know we, you and I have talked about, uh, maybe on Cooler Talk, cornerbacks and other yeah. positions of need. Do you see the Texans going after, like, one of these mid-level guys? Absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, the two the two positions that we talked about this and and this is why the draft ends up being so important why having draft capital having four picks in the top 86 makes a, a lot of sense this year because when you look at the offensive tackles and this was kind of part of my my rant in some sense was you know it's it's one thing to say go get Trent Brown like I, I mean I, I get it but Trent was in a really good situation in New England and obviously the Raiders have they've got money to burn apparently. Uh, they they were able to to jump out there and and go make a deal. I don't even know if Trent had an opportunity to go set up set a market for himself. But either way, beyond that, what offensive tackles are on the market where you would go? That guy, we've got to have him. Daryl Williams from Carolina would be one guy I'd tell you, but he's coming off an ACL tear. Juwan James has never lived up to first round billing. And if those guys are any good in the league that we play in, DP, they would be locked up by their particular teams. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I always wonder about that. If if you but the Patriots play a different because I know people well, they, will say, "What about Trevor?" They like they like to get rid of their they, left tackle. They play a di- they play a different game when it comes to the money situation. And plus, the Patriots drafted Isaiah Wynn with their second first round pick. He didn't even who's play last step season. Right in. Yeah, he's going to step right in at left tackle. So. They didn't have to break the bank. They weren't going to break the bank for Trent Brown because they're like, we got your replacement. He's a lot cheaper, and we think in the end he's going to be a lot better. So they already were kind of set up for that. So the Patriots have been the outlier. But it's like, why why are the Patriots the outlier in all this? Why do we look at the other teams that spend money and go, that's what you got to – no, look at how they're doing it. How are they doing it? What is it that they're doing? Th- you know, it's not like they have some secret formula, but they make the right personnel decisions. There have been times where it's like they got rid of Chandler. Remember Chandler Jones? Chandler yep. Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Patriots are like, nah, we're good. We'll go draft. We're going to put this fourth rounder, Trey Flowers, in. We'll see what he does. They don't want. They don't want to overspend on anybody. Which I think in free agency, you, you never know what you're going to get because we've seen free agent, big free agent transactions, even in this franchise, not go well. I thought the Tyron Matthew deal last year was, was really good because it was one year. It's good for the player. I think it's good for the team because how do you know that it's going to be a good fit for you? Yeah, after all, you're absolutely he, right. He didn't know it, and we didn't know it either. And more importantly, you'll, you always want to see how a guy fits into the locker room. But I'm sure even as a player, you think, all right, I'll go there, but what if I just – what if the coaching – what if I, I, don't like, I don't like the coaches? What if I don't like the locker room? What if I yeah. just don't like the system? What if I don't like what I'm being asked to do? You're out of it after a year. You just put some. You, you you get through a year. You play your best, and then you try to go out somewhere else and, and get a bigger deal. So I think it's you know now, the same thing happens when you go to a new place. But now with Tyron, he's played a year and he knows he likes it here. We yeah. obviously know we like him here. It's just whether or not the numbers work out. Yeah. But back to my original question about cornerbacks. I said okay. mid-level guys, but do you think there's any flashy names that that we'd be we'd be willing to spend on? Because there are a few out there, not a lot. Who would you say is flashy? Darber, Dar- Darby, Darby, Ronald Darby, Darby. Coming, Darby. Off, coming off an injury from last year. Yeah, I mean, I guess what is he? The, he's probably the most. To, to my point about tackle, if you have a really good cornerback, think about the think about the receivers, and I and I heard Sean Pendergast talking about this um, as we as I was driving in. Uh, a little while ago, he's talking about the receivers the Texans have to face this year. It's a it's a loaded, loaded group. 
if you've got a great cornerback that you believe in, are you going to let that guy get to market? Hell no. My point with that is when you look at these corners, you're like, there, there's got – it's almost like looking at everything in some sense off a clearance rack. You're like, man, that looks really good. Like that, I don't yeah, know why it comes back to close for us. Yes, but, but there's the, always there's always something. Yeah, but they're overspending. They're overspending on the other rack down there, so they just don't have they don't have the money nor the time to go to the to the other. Well, the that's what rack. Indianapolis did last year. They went and they got Danico Autry. They went and they brought Pierre Desir back. Now that's a name we're going to get back to in a second. They brought Pierre Desir back, and of all the corners this year that gave. DeAndre issue, any issue at all. Desir was probably the best one at that. He was probably the best one at that. That's the guy I would like to bring here. I think he can end up fitting here for what the Texans want. The the prototype corner model of longer, stronger, faster. I think that could be a guy like Desir. Now, he's he doesn't fly. His combine time actually a few years ago was not great. I want to say it was actually like four five nine or four six oh, something like that. It was not great. But he makes up for it with length, and that was really – he kind of had to kind of learn how to use all that, and I think he has done that. So Pierre Desir, I think, would be a guy that makes a lot of sense. I don't think you'd have to break the bank for him, but the Texans know what that we, – we saw him three times this year. Uh, Bradley Roby from the Broncos. I felt like he's been up and down. He's a former first-rounder, ended the first-round guy uh, 2015, I think. He's a guy that I think in a nickel situation, I think he'd probably be better, but – I could see him playing on the outside and doing a pretty good job in in this particular defense. So I think Bradley Roby would definitely be on the desirable list for sure. I don't think he played tremendously last year, but I thought he played – he was up and down. And, and maybe where you end up, maybe that helps you with your consistency. Maybe not. You know, Aaron Colvin had a rough year. Maybe he turns that around in year two and he could be the nickel guy and you're, you're set in there and you go there in Colvin and maybe that turns around. You, you, hope, you hope it does. Because if it doesn't, then Aaron goes, unfortunately, onto a list with a lot of other guys that were not great free agent signings. But here's the thing. People hear that and they're like, oh, the Texans, bad free Everybody has got bad free agent signings. Every team in this league well, I, I has also, bad free agent I, I signings. I think the first year is – Because that's that, – that's, that's it's just the the system is designed to not be super exactly. successful in the first exactly. year in the system. I just I just think You're it exactly takes a little right. bit of time, especially on defense. I think as a wide receiver, maybe it's different, or some of these other players. Maybe oh, some positions are easier. We've got some news. All right, go uh, for it. Oh boy, this just came down. Oh, I see what you're seeing. Uh, Adam Schefter. Let me make sure it's Adam Schefter. I uh, Ian Rappaport also. Yeah. The Chiefs. Is this where we're going? Yeah. This makes me sad if, yeah, if, makes, Ian's, if Ian's right on this. But. Yeah, former Texans safety Tyra Matthew t- intends to sign a three-year, $42 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs mm. per a league source. Wow. Yeah, Adam Schefter's tweeted at Ian Rappaport also. The deal should eclipse $12 million per year, which is... Probably three years, $42 million bucks. So that so. answers our question if the Landon Collins deal affects the safety market. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So <laughs> There's an instant answer. If that's true, according to reports, Tyron Matthew to the Chiefs, which this really bums me out because I was I was hoping that he would come back, um, really liked what he saw in the field last year, especially with Kareem Jackson also entering free agency. You'd like to bring at least one of those guys back because it was a position yeah. of strength uh, after last year's offseason and the moves right. that Brian Gain made. Yeah, so – so now, if, if you're the Chiefs, tweeted. if you're with the Chiefs, you, I mean, you got Eric Berry and Tyron Matthew, and that's at least a start back there in the secondary to have to slow down the Chargers, slow down the Raiders. Um, now, 
at that point for the Texans, the question becomes, okay, Tyron takes the money and, and look, maybe I, I was wrong a little while ago because it's not as if I didn't think that Tyron was going to make three years $14 million, but if – I mean, that's on average $14 million a year. So unless so, the numbers are wrong, 12 and a half. I kind of thought that yeah, he would get 12. to – I thought that he would get to 11 and a half, 12. That's kind of where I thought well, he if, would go. If the but, Texans were starting at like nine and a half or so, I thought even if you bump him up to like 11, high 11s, maybe yeah. you could work something yeah, out. Yeah, I but, thought so too. But, you know, a three-year, $42 million deal, I, it worked out for him, taking the one-year deal, less money with the Texans, but going somewhere where he liked. Yeah, cause, and then he gets to sign. He gets the big money like exactly how he wanted. He took, a, little, Rapp- he took a risk on himself. Rappaport's tweet says deal should eclipse $12 million a year. Well, $14 million does eclipse that. But it just it feels like at $12 million, I felt like the Texans probably could have gotten that number. It, it, but look, at, at that point, not having Tyron back now, we, do we focus now on Kareem Jackson? Does or do Kareem you focus? Jackson get an opportunity? Right. Or at that point, do you look at some of the else? other safeties in the market? A guy like Adrian Amos. We'll talk a little bit more about how we can. Yeah, let's take a break. Where we need to go in that position at that point. Let's take a break. Well, when we come back, we're going to break down this Tyron Matthew news. Tyron Matthew to the Chiefs, according to reports. What happens to the rest of the safety market? What happens to the Texans in the safety position group? We're going to get into all that. We've got one more segment of Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. Welcome back. Texans All Access. Legal tampering day. Some big news broke just before we went to break. Tyron Matthew uh, reportedly going to sign with Kansas City on a three-year, $42 million deal with the Chiefs. And uh, John Harris and I were continue to discuss this over the break. I feel really bummed about it. I felt like... You'd want to, why, why not move up to match that number if he's a guy that you like? But you brought up a good point, which I think you saw on Twitter, about how Brian Gaines yeah. will likely handle these sort of situations. I mean, yeah, Greg Bailey made a, made a great point on Twitter. It's something that I, you know, it's funny. My good friend Lance Zerlin and I, we talk about this a lot. You know, Daryl Morey does this for the Houston Rockets, so it's not as if we should all be un, unaccustomed to this, but it's like, you know, a player has a, player has a particular value. This is what that value is. And not to say that every single player has to see it exactly the way we see it. I mean, we can we can talk about it and we can discuss it and we can come to a good number. But the fact is, a player has a particular value. Last year, Nate Solder had a particular value, and the Texans were not going to go above that value. The Giants were willing to do that. The Giants took him, and away you go. And the Giants went five and eleven. They didn't get a whole heck of a lot out of Nate Solder, to be honest with you, in that year. But that that that's kind of the point when it comes to free agency. Is that is. You know, I would have this this organization, Brian Gain in particular. I, I just think that's smart. No matter no matter what, is you you let your emotions get in the way, and you're going to pay somebody money that that you shouldn't. Now, 
I would get very emotional about Tyron Matthew because I love him. You I would, would too. This is and, and that's why <laughs> he would it's be good. horrible We're general not, manager. Yeah, because I would wait. What are they paying you? It's just, fifteen million. It's just three million, four million right. more. Why not? Right. It's just money. Right. And I, I really, I wish. Because I feel like I wish that he you, would stick around, but when a team says, "Look, we're willing to go above, we we can go above that number, and we need to do that." All right, they're they're going to. The Chiefs have had such issues at safety because Eric Berry has been hurt. They had to have a guy like Tyron Matthew. Now, here's the other aspect of it: the safeties that are still remaining out there. You know, Earl Thomas has not made a decision. You've got Adrian Amos for the Chicago Bears, who I I talked about earlier. You know, Kareem's still out there bringing Kareem back, you know, going back to him after and saying, look, we we value what you've brought to this organization. We'd like to be able to keep you here long term and keep you at safety. No more of this going back and forth, safety corner, et cetera. You're a safety, and we'd like to keep you there uh, at that particular moment. So that's another way you go. And keep in mind, too, not to say that you're going into the season with two safeties, but you have two guys that have started. One guy who started who was one of the better rookies in the league at safety in Justin Reed and Andre Howe, who has started for how many years at safety? And, oh, by the way, look at the safety, the safety crop. You cannot look at free agency in a vacuum. Once you start looking at free agency in a vacuum and you don't look at everything and bring everything into it, then you're, you're, you're screwing this whole thing up because if you're just like, oh, we didn't get one in free agency, oh, look at the draft. I was just looking at my safety yeah, class a little well, earlier. Well, Justin Reed, I mean, last year was a year where you're really worried about safety. You don't have a first and second round pick. And then you get Justin Reed, who pans out really nicely. I'm not saying Bingo. that's going to happen every single year. But right. you got to remember, you do have him. Can you, you like- find... Can you find a young playmaker yeah. in the third round at safety if you need Maybe one? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Florida, absolutely. Juan Thornhill, Jonathan Abram, Taylor Rapp from Washington, Monty Hooker, Deontay Thompson, Darnell Savage, who plays a lot like Tyron Matthew. He's a little bit, little bit bigger, a little bit taller, but an athlete in Darnell Savage from Maryland. Look, there are – and if you draft one of those guys and it pans out, the first three or four years, you're on a rookie contract. That's the way that we have to start thinking. You have to start thinking about that. In some way, yes, I know that the, the veterans don't like to hear that, but if you're building an NFL team, the younger – that's why you always say go win in the draft because that's where things are younger and cheaper. Then you develop your own as Bernard McKinney, reward him for that, give him a second contract, and away you go. But to your point, Johnny, the Texans did want to bring Tyron back. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I said they nine did. and a half, but John McClain tweeted that the Texans offered Matthew $11 million per year. The Chiefs, they're signing him for 14 So last year the Texans got him for about $7 million a year. And, and, I mean, the Chiefs are paying him nearly double, so maybe you would have gotten into a bidding war anyway. If you, yeah. if maybe, like you're saying, if the Chiefs really needed to address that and they were going to pay whatever it took to get him, they were going to get him no matter what. So, I mean, good for him. He, he, he wanted a prove-it deal, and, and that's what he got. Now we turn our attention to the other free agent safeties um, that are remaining or the draft, like you said. So here's, here's what's still out there that we know of at this point, just kind of going through the list. Earl Thomas is still out there. Landon Collins is going to sign Washington. Tyron's going to sign in Kansas City. Um, Adrian Amos is still out there. Ha Clinton Dix. LaMarcus Joyner. Marcus Joyner is kind of a, like a poor man's Tyron. Trey Boston wouldn't touch him. Tayshawn Gibson is very interesting. He played in Jacksonville. Now he's 29, but he's a very interesting guy that I don't think would end up breaking the bank who played some really good football there in Jacksonville. Glover Quinn is 33. I don't know that they would, they would want to do something like that. Clayton Gathers with the uh, Colts, 
I almost said Pacers. George Iloka, he's 29, but he's from uh, – he went to Kempner High School. Mike Mitchell, now you start to get into the area where you're like, eh. I, I think at that point that this is a fairly deep safety class free agency. It's a fairly deep safety class in the draft that I guarantee you part of the plan was – we're not going to overpay. But no matter what you thought about it, not going to overpay at that point for, for anybody. Even though they wanted to bring back Tyron, they were just not going to go above their value for that particular reason. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening on Twitter, but I wanted to get to some of the funny tweets during the day. DeAndre Hopkins a few hours ago tweeted, I like what I see, and he had a smiling sunglasses, happy face emoji. <laughs> yeah. The responses to that alone were rather hilarious. So people were speculating anything from Tyron returning to Le'Veon Bell signing with the Texans to Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Texans. So I just want to say. Well, OBJ would have to be a trade. (laughs) OBJ would not a free agent. But you know why? Because DeAndre posted a picture of himself with OBJ on Instagram, which was from like, I don't know, last year. Uh, He said caption this. So people obviously reading into that. Um, Le'Veon Bell still out there. I know we, we've talked about some of the other free agents. He tweeted a little while ago, I'm so, with a lot of O's torn right now, with the sad pain emoji, dot, 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 decisions. Hmm. And that's getting a lot of funny quote tweets, people yeah. with their not-so-important decisions quote tweeting back at him, so I'm sure his mentions are going crazy. All right, I promised that we would talk about Nick Foles to the Jaguars and what you think that's going to mean for this division uh, you were not so impressed with this last week when we were discussing it. Have you changed your mind nah. at all? And do you no. think that's a good I, – I mean, I think for the Jaguars it makes sense. I, I don't see – I don't know where else he would have fit in any better if not with his former quarterbacks coach in, in the Jags. And the Jags obviously no, probably going to part ways with Blake Bortles soon. Here, here's, where it, here's where the Jags were sort of – there was nobody really competing for Nick Foles. I mean, it was the Jaguars. So the Jaguars – Probably could have paid him, I think, a little bit less. Now, Mike uh, Garofalo from NFL Network had a very interesting theory, and that was if they ended up paying him less, maybe he doesn't get the respect he commands in locker room. But by paying him $22 million a year, that gives him respect in locker room. I don't know. That's the biggest. I didn't really understand that's that. That's the biggest <laughs> bunch of BS I've, I've ever heard. So because you make, you yes. make $22 million instead of $18 million, I should respect you more as a starting quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't know. But – Listen, Jacksonville needed to do that. They needed to go find a guy that they think is going to fit for what they're going to do. I think the hardest thing in free agency is to think, well, if we don't have the answer in free agency, we'll just go get one in the draft. Last year, I think at the quarterback position, you could have said that because there were five guys that won the first round. You could have found a way to take one of those five guys. This year, there might be three guys in the first round and I don't think Jackson's going to have a shot at one of them because I think Kyler's going to end up going number one. But, you know, they could have, they could have done some other things. They, they weren't going to draft Kyler Murray anyways. Now, it doesn't preclude Jacksonville from taking a quarterback, but they now can address some of the other needs because they had to, they had to lop off Carlos Hyde, Malik Jackson, Tayshaun they've Gibson. They've traded away a lot, or they've gotten, uh, gotten rid of a lot of players in they order had to make to, room. To make room for Nick Foles. Because they didn't have a lot of cap space. But either. they had to do that to get a viable quarterback with that defense. And look, Foles lit up the, the Texans last year in that game. But my point about that was look at who was around. If you did a draft of the Eagles and the Jaguars, offensive players, and I said, okay, we go back and forth and we draft players. 
We would go Zach Ertz. We would go Alshon Jeffrey. We would now go Deshaun Jackson. We would pick every Eagle player before we even got to a Jacksonville Jaguar. That's, that's my point, mm. is Jacksonville just doesn't have anything around Nick Foles like he had in Philadelphia. And I know people will say, Leonard Fournette's coming back. Listen, true Jaguar shows his spots, and Leonard Fournette showed his spots last year. He's no different. And look. But they're going to have some draft picks because they, they've got they'll some be draft drafting picks. pretty high. They, they've got some draft picks, and they're going to pick number seven. But they're probably not going to draft the quarterback at this point, right? Nope. So – what happens if Foles? What <laughs> happens if Foles gets in a starting situation and it's not quite like it was in Philadelphia? What's going to happen? Yeah. And so and maybe they maybe they will draft a young quarterback behind him, but not. I would not say in the first round. No, much. But later. if they. But that's the point. Yeah. How many of those situations have worked out where a team has drafted a guy in later rounds and he sat and then the Chiefs did it with Mahomes? That was a weird. That was a different situation. All those rookies that were drafted last year started. Any quarterback that's gone in the second, third round, Dak Prescott's the only one I can think of, and he started because Tony Romo ended up getting hurt. Right. Dak didn't get on the field if Tony's not if Tony Romo is healthy. So from that perspective, should they draft one behind uh, Nick Foles? Yes, but I don't know that that guy's going to end up. They're, they're riding with Nick Foles. They're going to ride or die with Nick Foles. And look, you could do with a whole lot of worse guys. I think Nick Foles is a, is a good quarterback, but I think in this division against the teams he's going to face, with the talent that's around him, it's probably going to be a little bit of a struggle. I just don't think this automatically makes Jacksonville this is not going to be the a 9-10 win team like Super Bowl wants MVP to make Nick Foles is going to look a little bit differently in yeah. the Jaguars uniform. All right, for those of you just tuning in, Tyron Matthew is expected to sign with the Chiefs on a three-year, $42 million deal. I was looking at the numbers again, Johnny. That's exactly half of what Landon Collins signed in Washington. So Landon Collins signed a six-year, $84 million and then Tyron is expected to sign a three-year, forty-two million. So eighty-four divided by two. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the, so there, does that there's mean? like this a two is, or three-year age difference too. So I, I wonder if the Lane and Collins deal, other safeties now. Then what's Earl Thomas going to come in? Well, I think because Earl, I think Earl he, Thomas has said all along he wants he wants fourteen, fifteen million. Well, Earl Thomas now walks into any team or his that, agent does and was like, well, here's Tyron's deal and here's Landon's deal. Both. You 14. want Earl? You know, let's go now. There are differences in all of them. Age-wise, Landon Collins is 25, Tyron's 27, Earl's 30. Landon Collins a little bit banged up at the end of the year. Tyron finally played a full year. Earl Thomas coming off an Achilles tendon tear. And they're probably all going to get about $14 million because Earl, it's hard to look away from all the plays that he made in his career and go, man, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want a playmaker. You know, it's hard to look away from that, but it's like he's 30 and he's coming off an Achilles tendon mm. injury. It's like, oh, man. But if he's fully healthy, you know, somebody, that's a guy you somebody, obviously have to take a look at. Somebody will pay him, but now I wonder if now the Texans are not going to be in the market for any of these guys because if I you don't, don't if you so. don't get Tyron Matthew for 14, I don't see you paying I, Earl Thomas 14. But Kareem your, Jackson. I, uh, well, there you where, go. That's where, what I was going to say. What's your strategy now? Fall? Yeah, where does he fall into this? Well, I, I, I go back to Kareem and I, and I say, look. He doesn't have a lot of film, so I don't think he can go out and say, I want 14. To other teams. To other teams, there isn't a lot of film. But how many times has Kareem been in practice that this team has seen? They've seen the transition to safety. So they've seen that, and they know what he brings. So I, I've said all along, I felt like they would bring back one or the other. They would bring back Tyron, they'd bring back Kareem. And, you know, what Kareem 
uh, put on Instagram or tweet the other day, you know, 99% sure he was, he was leaving. Well, look, things change in this league pretty fast. That 99% can go the other direction because the Texans can go you know, talk to him and say, look, maybe they don't give – maybe they don't have as many years in the deal and maybe as much money as they would offer uh, Tyron because Tyron is 27 and Kareem's 31. But they could say to him, look, you've been around. You know what this is all about. We want to continue to do this with you. Maybe that's, maybe that's the way you go. Because all these teams are starting to scratch their safety itch in some sense. I, I don't know. But, again, I go, back to, I go back to the fact that your safety position was never as good as it was until last year. And what's the, what's, what did you do last year that you hadn't done years prior to that? You drafted one in the third round, and it hit. If you draft another one that hits, you're set for a long time with playmakers in the back. And you're paying – a third-round safety, and I would imagine, you know, maybe a third-round safety. You're paying two third-round safeties, not even, I mean, what a quarter of what you would paying fourteen million dollars a year, right, to some veterans. So mathematically and value-wise, you get more bang for your buck when you go young. That's why I've always said you've got to win in a draft. This safety market is starting to look like a cornerback market, is it not? In some sense, yeah. I feel like usually Jalen the Ramsey safe- noticed too. Do you see what he said? He say, he tweeted something similar, too, because I feel like cornerbacks are the ones that get the flashy contracts. But I'm su- surprised because I don't remember ever seeing safeties getting paid like this, especially when we thought with all these safeties in the free agent pool, no one's going to overpay because you just have your pick. Of yeah. Which, which, for, which safety fits your system and which safety you want to you sign. Yeah, I mean. And it's kind of not working in that way because Washington messed it up for everybody. Yeah, seemingly. I mean, they, they set. Washington, what were you doing? I don't know. They set the, they set the real estate market they, way they out there. They set it really but, high. But I thought it was interesting because Jay Ramsey was like, man, he took a shot at Landon Collins, too. He's like, box safety's getting paid, huh? And he's basically saying Landon uh-huh. Collins is yeah. nothing but a box safety, which – Tyron is not. I mean, Tyron, you can move all over the formation. You can do a lot of different things. Now, he's not the physical specimen that Collins is, but you can move Tyron, as, as we saw, in a lot of different places. And by going to Kansas City, we'll end up seeing Tyron one time this year. All right, some other notable free agents uh, that have signed. I feel like I've been trying to watch Twitter while we've been doing this show, but I think the main ones hit a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, Deshaun Jackson returns to the Eagles via trade reportedly, yep. between Philly and Tampa Bay. That should be that should be interesting considering the Eagles are signing a lot of guys and letting others go. So I think it's going to look very different. Uh, did you see this one? The Indianapolis Colts have signed a receiver. It's a one-year deal for $13 million, but Devin Funchess. Oh, interesting. Big receiver. They so, need somebody opposite T.Y. Well, what I find interesting is they had Terrell Williams. So I wonder if Terrell Williams – no, I'm sorry, they had Dontrell Inman. Um, not throw Williams is going to have a market at receiver, but they don't. They have T. Y. Hilton. They have Deion Kane who's coming back, so they've kind of got stair step size wise. They're going to have the power forward in Funches. They're going to have the small forward in Deion Kane, and then they're going to have the point guard in T. Y. Hilton. So Luck's got some weapons, and plus they still have Eric Ebron. So I think that's a good signing for the Colts to go out and get Devin Funches, making it even that much more important. Just a that one you go year find. deal. Yeah, it's kind of a prove it deal. It's a prove it deal. So. He proves it. He'll stay in Indianapolis. If not, then he'll be on the market again. But, uh, but Funches is a big dude. He is a he's a small forward out there on the perimeter. So it makes it that much more important. DP, go out and get bigger, stronger, faster at corner for this team for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that just that just went down, and then um, the the Patriots obviously left tackle Trent Brown to the Raiders four years, sixty six million. I haven't seen any other tackles sign anywhere. 
I know we've been trying to keep an eye on that. So. Yeah, I don't think any of them. I don't think any of them have to be honest. I think for that also is setting the market. I think because the two other high. tackles. I mean, if you just if you look at the the list of offensive tackles, the other two that are uh, at the top of the list are Juwan James and Darrell Williams, and I believe both of them are coming off of injuries. So. I don't know how that changes things, but it does complicate matters a little bit. And that might be somewhat what's changing things for Earl Thomas as well because he is coming off an injury. So I don't know if there's there's something that I don't know. But the next two tackles off the board are Juwan James and Darrell Williams, both 27, but they're both coming off of injuries. After that, precipitous fall off at offensive tackle. I mean, there's nothing else in the top, like, 200 free agents at offensive tackle. Jeremy Parnell from Jacksonville, no thanks. All right. Well, also available, Le'Veon Bell still out there, everybody. We thought we'd see some news from him early on. C.J. Mosley and obviously Earl Thomas. Uh, no news yet, but legal tampering is going to continue till Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time, and that's when the league New Year kicks off and free agency officially begins. So check back HoustonTexans.com. We'll have all of our news uh, as soon as it's official. I know sometimes you got to wait a little bit for it to be official, but until it's signed on the dotted line. Uh, where we won't be reporting, but you know we'll talk about it, of course, on Texans All Access. And Johnny, we'll be back tomorrow on Texans All Access six seven. He'll be taking all your questions. That's right. I'll be over at Studio Sports Radio six ten. So you want to call in? You got beef about something? You want to talk? We'll <laughs> You're gonna do take it. everybody's beef. All right. Yeah, I, I did it last year too. I, I did like it last it. year. I let people just call in and kind of they want to vent a little bit. I'll either talk them off the ledge or I'll be right there with them. So we'll do that. I'll do that for uh, Tuesday and Wednesday when the league year officially starts on Wednesday. So six to seven tomorrow. I'll be over at Sports Radio six ten taking calls. Uh, I'll be with our friend Joanna over there. So some of our favorite days coming up this week. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming up next on Sports Radio six ten, Adam Wexler and Adam Clanton, the two Adams, they'll be uh, taken over. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Joanna producing back in the studio for John Harris. I'm DP Sidhu. Uh, as always, go Texans. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com.